today I'm up here, and if you don't know me, my name is Jeremy, uh, but I, I'm not up here because I'm, I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about who's coming up to speak, All right? Uh, we, we get the privilege of hearing from Pastor Jim Davenport this morning. And if, you don't, if you don't know who he is, <laughs> you'll get to know him. he's a great man of God. He's really close to our pastor. They're, they're very close. <laughs> he's, he's his dad. <laughs> oh, but they're really close. But, but Jim's a great man of God. He loves big. He's a pillar in this house, and, he, and he's a saint in every, every, every definition of the word. He's a saint. We love him. We're thankful for him. And if you could do me the honor and the, the privilege of welcoming my friend, Pastor Jim Davenport. You know, you walk toward the platform and you get a wonderful introduction from a good friend and you try to think of something really clever to say. How about good morning, church? <laughs> that, does that work for you? <laughs> I've been asked to speak about the spiritual man, the spirit-filled man. And then I was corrected by Aaron Brown that... <laughs> that I was politically incorrect. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the spiritual-filled person. <laughs> also, I need to remember that we have camera on this service, and I need to stay put. So uh, I, I, I just got a mental image from Jeremy Carson that says, Davenport, stand still. So there you go. <laughs> Now, contrary to rumor, I knew that I was to share on this subject this morning, but the beard was not growing to make you think I'm more spiritual. (laughs) The beard was growing because I was driving for about three weeks, and uh, there's not a lot to do when you're driving other than drive and look. So, well, we'll just let this grow. You know, it's it's there, and we'll just let it happen. (laughs) Also... The spiritual person, the spiritual man. I'm going to stay with spiritual man. You understand what I'm talking about. There was a time and a place in our history that to, you know, to look spiritual was the thing but to be. Uh, well, first of all, you don't look. You be spiritual. You are because of a relationship. Uh, it's not the dark suit. It's not the beard. It's not the fact that I'm going to take my jacket off. Although in the day, taking your jacket off was the assigning of the anointing. You know, you were really going to be with it because you're taking your jacket off. I'm taking my jacket off because I'm frankly warm. So (laughs) that means I lay the mic down. That means it's going to be quiet for a second, okay? You want to hold it? Thank you. Do I get it back? That's the... (laughs) Now that I... No, just kidding. And throwing it at, at the appropriate time was also a symbol of, of great spirituality. So I just thought I'd add that in there. <laughs> to be spiritual. We've alluded to this in many ways this morning. I'd like to read just a short verse of scripture to start us off. This is found in the book of Philippians. 
Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul was the great theologian of grace as he wrote to us. Grace, the walk by faith, as alluded to earlier. But the Apostle Paul was also the the great writer of joy. He speaks many times of the joy of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. To try to make spirituality a mechanical essence, you're going to miss the boat, my friend. So let me share this and share those thoughts that I have with you, if I may. Philippians, the first chapter, the sixth verse. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So who begins the good work? He does. Who walks you through perfecting it? He does. Who do we get to come face to face with? Him. You know, however confident we may be, how many books we may have read, how many film clips we may have observed, How many meetings we've gone to does not replace the personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is an experience and encounter with the risen Christ. It's a recognition of that which it says in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's a recognition for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's a recognition of John 3.16, for God so loved that he sent. And we can't forget verse 17. He did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He will come at some time to judge the world, but he came to save. John tells us that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nothing replaces the personal encounter with a risen Christ. John 3, 7, ye must be born again. Nicodemus struggled. Well, what do you mean, Lord? My friend, you need to be changed inside by the Holy Spirit. You need to be indwelled by the person of the Spirit of the living God. We want to be a spiritual person. We want to be a man or a woman who walks with God. Then we must have the presence of God within us through the forgiveness of sins provided by the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. There are some mechanics to it, yeah, maybe in the learning of certain things, but my friend, it's a relationship with God. If we walk out of here today with nothing else, if I, if I, I, want, to be a, you know, I want to be a man of God or a woman of God, well, then it's a relationship. Is it racial? But it's what God has done in our lives and then what he will do. 
We've been encouraged in this church, and we obviously are commanded by Scripture that as we accept and as we have acknowledged and as Christ is, we recognize Christ as our Savior, as we've been saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that we should be baptized. It's you look at it, and it's a, it's a, it's almost a mechanical function if you just look casually. Water, I get in, I get dunked, I come up. But no, it's it's a symbolic representation of what has taken place in our lives. We have died with Christ, we have risen with Christ, and we stand in His presence. And we say, what do we say here? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Well, Jesus said the same thing. They knew him. They walked with him. They saw him. They, they talked with him after his resurrection. And I'm trying not to be lighthearted here, but to borrow a phrase from a certain credit card, he told them about the incoming and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And he said, basically, don't leave town without it. That's exactly what he said. Stay put until this happens. May I say to all of us, stay put until this happens. Do you have to have a, a theological knowledge of the Bible for the infilling of the Spirit, witness by speaking in tongues, evidence by speaking in tongues? If we do, I fail the test. I was saved on a Friday night in 1957. Some of you aren't even old enough to know there was a year 1957. There are others of you who do. For you car buffs, there was a great chivy made in 1957. But anyway, I gave my heart to the Lord. A few nights later, they're praying with me, and they say, receive the Spirit. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure, exactly sure what they were talking about. All I do know is that in in, 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 a, in a moment of time, I was hit by an experience that I shall always remember until the die, day I stand before our Lord. And that's the experience or a simile once for all of us. To be a spiritual person is to be filled with the Spirit. If that has not been your experience, I am not not holding you at arm's length. I am welcoming you because you're born again by the power of God. But my friend, please step into that experience. We've already talked about faith is received by faith. It's not a mechanic thing. It comes God, Jesus Christ is a filler of the Spirit. He will baptize you in the Spirit. Philippians says he will perfect his working in your life. It has already been stated, this walk by faith. But the righteous man shall live by faith. Galatians repeats it again. The righteous man shall live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith has focus. We see on TV, we see other places. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith in what, pray tell? 
Keep the faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work. There is a focus for our faith. It is not just some great idea. I am not panning. You, some of you people don't know Norman Vincent Peale. You never heard of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking, but there was a book. And I'm not panning it. It was a great book. But it is not some abstract theory out here. It is the person of the living God, Jesus Christ, in the empowering presence of the Spirit. That's the walk by faith. In this walk by faith, we have that which we do because of our relationship. Our pastor has said, you know him. You've met him. I've met him. My wife's met him. You should meet him. He's a nice guy. And I'll say this, even though we're related, he's really smart. And he knows stuff. But he also lives stuff. The Holy Spirit has made that which is, he has taken in himself through education. He has made it real by the empowerment of the Spirit. And I heard him say, you want to be a spiritual person? Gratitude. Give thanks. Learn to give thanks. In everything, Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul was forever giving thanks. He was thankful for the people he was writing to, even though he was in a, in a very uh, good way correcting them many times. He was thankful for them, thankful for their lives, thankful for their walk with God, thankful for their relationship. For, he was thankful for co-laborers. He was thankful for everything. And folks, that's, a, that's something we need to incorporate into our lives. This is not going to shock you. We live in a negative world. Everybody's got a complaint. Very few people are happy. There's always something that's not right. Just be a people who give thanks. People who enjoy life. And speaking of joy, one of the short verses in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice occasionally. Rejoice when so oh that thank you. <laughs> You're a good group. It says in Nehemiah this do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Go back to read Nehemiah, you see he was going through some pretty tough stuff. The joy of the Lord is your strength. How true that is. Gratitude, joy. Now, the writers of Scripture, when they wrote about gratitude and joy, let's just take the New Testament writers. You do know that they were not sitting on the beach in Waikiki at Starbucks drinking iced mochas. You know that, don't you? That wasn't written from a non-conflict environment 
That was written in an environment of conflict. Do you know that some people didn't like the preachers of the gospel? Did you know that they sometimes threw rocks at them? Did you know that sometimes they beat them? Did you know that everybody didn't agree with them? Did you know that there were people who followed them from town to town just so they could criticize them? And these gentlemen and ladies would write, Rejoice in the Lord. Be filled with joy. Be thankful. Why? Because they were conscious of the work of the living God, Jesus Christ. And they rejoiced in what he was doing and what they saw happening in people's lives. The change in people's lives when they had a confrontation, a relationship with the Lord. You've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen people's continents change because of an encounter with Jesus Christ. Their face looks different the next day. Their face looks different to the next hour because they have met the risen God through the power of the Spirit of God. And they have confidence now that they never had before. They have a joy that they never had before. And they have a sense of gratitude that they never had before. Rejoice always. In the Lord. We're to be a worshiping community. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good works. Not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching or drawing near. Yes, we are saved by a personal counter with the Lord Jesus Christ. But we're also instructed, literally commanded, to come together as a body of believers. Why? Because we encourage each other. We lift each other up. We pray for each other. (laughs) I said this last night. I'll say it again. You know what Gabby needs is more enthusiasm. <laughs> no, I said last night, I pray that I will have the enthusiasm that Gabby has. She brings joy to the room. We need each other. Home group I have a privilege of attending. We talking the other night, we were talking about how sharpened Iron sharpens iron. Get my sentence correct. Iron sharpens iron. We're together. It improves both of us. Have you ever had this experience? Somebody just says something almost casually. It just grips you. Wow, that's true. Even though you may have been walking with Jesus for a number of years, that just grips you. Wow, that's true. It comes from our interaction with each other. Autumn Garrett, you and I are both over 21. Yeah, not barely either, friend. Thank you. (laughs) I know you're a very generous person. It just blesses me. And that happens as we walk with each other. Lawrence F., you always greet me with a smile. 
and a cheerful face. See, sometimes, folks, it isn't the big monumental thing. It's the simple interaction of brothers and sisters in Christ. Just lifts us up. Just lifts it up. So we come together to worship. Attitude. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything to the glory of God. Our work. I don't see him here this morning. I, it wouldn't stop me from saying what, I, what I'm going to say, but I have a friend who, in some people's idea, might have an unpleasant job. He drives around in a big truck and picks up dead animals. <laughs> it's, a, it's a necessary thing, but work is worship, my folks. How we approach what we do, work is worship. Even though you smash your finger, work is worship. <laughs> Inside, well, it's not a joke. Inside comment. <laughs> what you do is important. How you approach it is important. Last night, I asked my daughter if she ever heard me say that as a father, and she thought I was throwing her a trick question, and she, she, did, she didn't respond to it for a minute or two. But anyway, then she told me, yes, yes, Dad. I remember you saying to us, you know, we expect, I expected my children to go out, and when they were, had a job, I expected them to do the work. Work is worship. Work is a testimony of who you are, what your character is. Yeah, and I, I shared this last night, and I know many of us, if not all of us in the room, have had this experience. So I don't claim to be, you know, the only guy that ever had this experience. I was walking from my car around the sidewalk to the front of the house to go in the front door, and I was pondering something. I was asking God, "Well, how how do I handle this?" And it's kind of like He said to me. You're making too big a deal out of it. Just do what's right. Oh, how obvious can it be? You just do what's right. Attitude. Well, perhaps there's one or two of you in the room and said, well, Pastor Jim, you, you haven't mentioned an, an, an important aspect of our walk with the Lord. You haven't mentioned prayer. You haven't said a thing about prayer. Yes, I have. You can't walk with, by faith without prayer. You can't have the right, at, right attitude without prayer. You, you can't be gracious and generous and joyful without prayer. Prayer is just an integral part, and I shouldn't say just, but it is an integral part of our life. Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians says, pray at all times in the Spirit. We're a people of prayer. Hear me when I say this in the sense of which I mean it. Prayer is not a complicated issue. Prayer is a conversation with the living God. 
And I use the word conversation for this reason. Conversation involves two people or three people. In this case, two people. Well, if you want to be, you know, Trinity-minded here, we can say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But okay, you get the idea. Prayer is not only me communicating, it's me listening. Prayer is not me just going with my list of needs, checking them off and say, oh, nice to talk to you, God. These are the needs. Bye. No, prayer is also hearing, listening. Prayer is also praise. Prayer is also just listening to the Lord. Prayer is just who we are. We're a people of prayer. Gordon Fee, a writer of commentaries, a man that I personally respect. I've never met him, but I respect him very much for his insightfulness. He says we are an eschatological people. We're a people of the future. You identified it earlier in the service. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The old gospel song, and I'm not going to sing here and relax. <laughs> this world ain't my home. I'm just a passing through. I might add that we should be passing through with a purpose. But we are. Our citizenship is in heaven. It's already established for us. John 14, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will what? I will come again and receive you unto myself that you may be with me for a few days. Always, forever. We're people of the future. Our home is established. Our destiny is sure. I know where I'm going. Now, on the trip I just took, sometimes I didn't know exactly where I was going, but I do know where I am going. And if you know the Lord Jesus, you know where you're going. Bad grammar for emphasis. This life is not the end. If you've been born again, you're an eternal. Your life continues in the presence of God. Christ said in a parable in Luke 19, occupy or do business till I come. We have a job to do. But we have a home. A spirit-filled people, a spirit-filled men. We are to live as people who know the Lord. We are to live as people who are taking directions from heaven. We are to live as people who represent the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're to live as people who represent the hope that this world so desperately needs. We are to share our faith in love with all those who will listen. We are to pray for them. It's not how we dress. It's not the beard. It's who we are in Christ.
empowered by the Spirit. Each of us is unique, and God wants that uniqueness in us. That's how we're created, and that's what speaks to people. We're not robots. We're people who are loved by God and love God in turn, and we represent him to all those around us. We are a spiritual people. May his grace always remind us of who we are in Christ. This morning, Aaron and Megan are going to come in a moment and lead us in a final chorus. But also, I want you to know that I'm going to just hang around up here. Not so you can come up and tell me how bad the sermon was. No, I just if you have not encountered Jesus Christ, would you give me the opportunity to pray with you this morning? If you have a specific need, may I pray with you this morning between services? Would you stand, please? Father, I thank you for the privilege of ministering. I thank you that through the power of the Spirit, that because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, we have the pleasure and privilege of walking with you. May our lives be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless.
church. Just thank you for being here this morning. I just encourage you as we go, uh, let's, let's walk daily in his presence, amen. Let's be a people of his presence, people who dwell in his presence where we go. As we go out, be kind, and where you go, we go, amen. Love you, church.